0: My subject matter tonight is faith and rest. My text is Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to begin in the first verse. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word of God, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore, because of this, It remains that some must enter it and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designated a certain day saying in David today, after such a long time, as it has been said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day there. remains therefore a rest for the people of God for he has entered his rest for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as god did from him his let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. For there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession." For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. This chapter is a transitional chapter. Uh, The book of Hebrews is telling the story of Jesus becoming our great high priest. But in chapter 4, the author of the book of Hebrews begins to do a comparison between the nation of Israel and the people of God under the New Testament. So he's laying side by side the provision that God made available to the people of the Old Testament and the provision that God made available to the people in a new and better covenant through his rest that's been provided in Jesus. When we think of rest in Uh, In the Old Testament, we think of two ways in which God has provided rest. One is the Sabbath, that on the Sabbath, God designated a day of rest where we would honor and we would remember and serve him and we would recline and rest and be renewed and refreshed. The second rest that's referred to in the Old Testament is the rest that God had that was reserved and provided for the people as they enter into the promised land. That There would be homes that they would occupy that they never built. There would be crops that were growing that they never planted. And there would be streams and there would be rivers that they could draw from that they never dug. So there would be wells. So that was a type of provision that God had reserved and Designated unto his people. But just as in the Old Testament. There were people that did not rest. Because they did not rely on God. And therefore they worked and worked and worked and worked. And even worked on the Sabbath. They wore their fingers to the bone. And just as people who were brought out of bondage from Egypt. Were going to a place. And a land that God had provided for them. In a place flowing with milk and honey and unbelievable provision. Many of them did not enter into that place. And we're going to talk about three primary reasons why. He parallels that with the people of the New Testament. And he's saying just as God has provided and God made a way for his people under the old covenant, God has made a better way and better Provision For his people under the New Testament, but he said, I have a concern and he starts off with this in verse one. I have a fear. That just as those under the Old Testament didn't experience the rest of God, there'll be many people in the New Testament that never enter into the rest of God. And then he gives us three distinct reasons why people did not enter into the rest under the Old Testament that we have to be aware of lest we fall into the same pattern that they did and we don't enter into the rest that Jesus has provided. Now, this rest that I am referring to is the rest that God gives us, not a rest that we earn or merit but a rest that He has purchased and provided for us. It's apart from our effort. It's part of what He wants to give us as our Heavenly Father. And sometimes it's hard to receive something when we feel we haven't worked for it or we haven't earned it. It's hard for us to humbly enter into it. So just as the Old Testament believers And saints and patriarchs struggled with entering into a place where they were renewed and refreshed and refueled and they rested. So the same temptations are facing us that we would not enter into a rest, be renewed, be refreshed, be refueled, even though it has been provided for us through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He uses two examples. He uses creation as an example that God rested on the seventh day. And he uses Joshua as an example of a leader of the people of God that was commissioned to bring them into the promised land. And when they entered into that promised land, they were to cease From their labor and enter into the rest and the provision that God had provided for them. But Joshua is an interesting study in scripture because the word, the name Joshua means God is our salvation. So Joshua is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Bringing people out. And taking them in. And so Joshua. As good as his leadership was. And as successful as he was. In bringing the people into that land. To occupy. To live in. To be fruitful in. To multiply in. To be blessed in. Just as the people. Under his leadership. Did not always. Always. Enter into that rest. So it is with Jesus. Yeshua, The salvation of God. Some people fail. Not because Joshua under the Old Testament failed. Or Jesus under the New Testament failed. But because we fail to enter into the rest. That God has provided for us as his people. Because of three primary reasons. And here they are. Number one is. Under the Old Testament, they heard the good news, but they did not believe or mix faith with what they heard. Therefore, they did not enter the rest that God had provided. They heard what God said, but they didn't hear what God said. They heard, but they didn't hear. And one of the challenges that we have as Christians is that we can hear and still not understand. We can know something And it still not be real or truth to us. And what what happens is things become so common that we don't mix faith with it anymore. We just are aware of it. We acknowledge it potentially, but we're not proactive with our faith. We're not saying yes and amen. That's mine. We're not saying yes, I believe that I receive it. A good example is the teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. For an illustration, let me give you something to ponder. If I was to read the Beatitudes to you, we would know what the Beatitudes are saying, but do we understand the depth of what they're communicating? We've heard the Beatitudes read many times, but have we applied our faith to gain understanding and knowledge of what it's actually communicating. Because it's countercultural. The Beatitudes starts off the greatest sermon that Jesus is recorded of, of Jesus in Scripture. It's the longest recorded sermon of all of Jesus' messages. And he starts off with the Beatitudes because it's the foundation of everything else he is going to be teaching in that message. And it's about life in the kingdom, not how we are to live our lives frivolously, but intentionally. And he talks about the way that God brings his blessing and pours out his blessing upon us is when we live in a culture. But the culture does not determine how we live. The kingdom determines how we live. So we can read the Beatitudes, and it's interesting because if you read the Beatitudes in the King James Version, there's an element of poetry with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's profound to us. It could just be beautiful. Have you heard people say, I just love the way the King James Version reads. It's so beautiful. But it doesn't have Or make much of a difference in some people's lives. It's just poetic. It just sounds so nice. So we have to be careful that when we hear the word of God. That we don't fall into the category of those that heard it. But it didn't impact them. To the place that they had rest as a result of it. Because they did not mix faith with it. They didn't apply their faith. They didn't say, Amen, be it unto me according to your word. They they weren't intentional in that way. The, set, the second reason that the writer of the book of Hebrews says that people under the Old Testament failed to enter into rest was they chose to live in disobedience. It was a willful decision. They knew what the Lord had done and what he had provided, but they chose not to obey. They lived independent of God's known will. Therefore, they did not enter into the rest that God had provided. I would say uh, this. Well, I'll hold that thought. Disobedience is, is there are probably two ways in which we can disobey. There are sins of omission and sins of commission. We can know to do good and not do it. That's disobedience. Or we can just blatantly disobey and do it in spite of God. Both of them hinder our ability to be at rest. When we're in known disobedience, it's hard to rest. Because there's a wrestling match going on internally within us. And the spirit is working to get us back to a place of obedience. All right. The third reason that they fail to experience God's rest under the Old Testament. That we have to be careful of and don't fall into the same trap. Is they harden their hearts towards the counsel or the word of God. Even though God was patient and merciful they still hardened their hearts and continued to tempt and test the Lord while they were coming out of the place of bondage and on their way into the place of rest. And so God was merciful. They tempted the Lord ten times on this journey and tested the Lord numerous times. And each time God was merciful and gracious to them, but they continued, as Pharaoh did, to harden their heart towards the things of God. And therefore, they did not enter into the rest that God had provided for them. So those were the three things that kept people, that God had provided a day of rest and a place of rest in the Old Testament from entering in. Number one is they heard, but they didn't hear. They didn't hear with like, be it unto me. They didn't apply faith. Number two is they chose not to obey. They chose not to obey, whether that was omitting what God had said or completely violating what God had said. They, they were disobedient, and so they didn't enter into an rest. And the third was they hardened their heart. All of these are probably meshed together, but, you know, for teaching purposes, they're all distinctly identified in Hebrews chapter 4. But they're all intertwined. You stop hearing, you're going to enter into disobedience, you enter into disobedience, it affects your heart and it becomes hard. Does that make sense? Okay. And once a hard is hard, it's hard to hear, therefore it's hard to obey. So what's left? Here's what's left. Restlessness. Can never relax. Can never be at peace. Have a real hard time trusting. So, here are the things that we can do to enter into rest. All right? And these are things that all of us, all of us are capable of. Number one is we can hear the good news and mix faith with what we hear. And we can enter into the rest that God has promised. We can be like Mary when the angel said that the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And what you will conceive will be of God. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. When you're reading the word of God. And there's a promise that you identify in the word, right? Mix faith with it. Say, thank you, Lord. I'll receive that promise. Be it unto me according to your word. Be proactive with your faith. Number two is we can cease from our labor just as God did on the seventh day we can actually be obedient and stop working and we can relax and refuel and be refreshed not only physically, emotionally, but spiritually by entering into the rest that God has provided. By faith we can trust in the completed work of God and therefore we can rest. There was nothing else after the sixth day that God needed to create. It was good and it was done. So on the seventh day, there was no more work to be done. So what was left was to enjoy the work that was done. So it is in Christ. It is finished. There's no more work that Christ needs to do. The work of salvation is complete. So what's left for us to do? Rest in the completed work of Christ. Rest that it's finished. He has risen. It is done. Everything that he needed to do was accomplished. Therefore, we don't need to add to what he did. We need to rest in what he did. We need to rest and rely on his completed work. And that will bring rest to your soul. And refreshing to you. Number three. is we can be diligent. What does diligence mean? It means that we know that it's important to continue to trust in the Lord and to live by faith. We can be persistent, consistent. In Hebrews chapter four, it says, but they were diligent. So it wasn't just trusting in the Lord one time and then not relying on him again. It was an ongoing pattern in their life to daily trust in the Lord. To daily rest in the Lord, to daily reflect and be renewed in the Lord, to be renewed. Wow, that's just a promise that God has for us. So they were consistent and diligent and persistent in knowing that they needed rest yesterday. But the same God who provided that rest yesterday will provide rest for them today. They knew the power to enter in and to remain in the rest of God came from the word of God. That's why Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 is such a beautiful portion of Scripture, not just because of what it communicates, but because of what it what it the confidence it instills in us that the Word of God is the power of God. For the Word of God is alive and active and more powerful, it's powerful like a two-edged sword. So the way that we diligently enter into that rest is to enter into that reliance. And that dependency on the powerful word of God. I'm resting on the powerful word of God. I'm putting my trust in the powerful word of God. And then here's the other way we need to be diligent. Coming to the throne of grace. To obtain mercy and find grace to help in an hour or a time of need. There's no need for us to get all lathered up or worked up. Or lose our rest when there's been a place that's been provided by Jesus, our high priest. Where we can come and we can experience grace and mercy in our time of need. Why wait? Why not come? Why not receive? Why not rejoice? That his word is alive. And that there's a place that's been provided for us to come. Let's diligently remind ourselves through obedience and through daily application that we can live by every word of God and that we can pray at all times. And there's provision for us. So how is rest a part of our relationship with Christ? We hear his word and we mix faith with it. We say, yes, Lord. Secondly is we stop trying to earn or merit what God has already completed. We cease from our own labors. Look what I've done, Lord. Aren't you pleased with me? Look what I can do. Aren't you happy with me? And we enter into that place where we completely rest and rely on the completed work of our Savior. His grace is sufficient. More than enough. I want to finish by inviting our praise and worship team back to the platform with this statement. There is a rest that's reserved for the people of God. It's yours. Reservation has been made. We have to enter into it. We have to enter into that rest. Why is rest So important for us because it allows us to experience God. We can experience God when we're restless. We can experience God when we're at rest, when we've entered in by faith. When we've ceased from our own labors. When we diligently and daily remind ourselves that the Word of God is something we can live by and the presence of God is always available to us no matter what our need is, there's mercy and grace that covers us every day. This helps us experience God while we live here, temporarily passing through till one day we're in His presence forever and ever and there is a rest at that time it will surpass all of our thoughts ideas or imaginations thank you for listening to today's message we hope that it encouraged or inspired you to god's best if you have any questions about today's message need prayer or would like to learn more about living word fellowship please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com